welcome everyone to another episode of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. I am your host, Marco. And I'm Ian. And Ian, I hope you brought some Schwinn trucks because this weekend was a wet one. Oh yeah, baby. Wet and wild in Monaco. Best place to be wet. Yep, and then just sitting around for hours on hours. You know, what's better <laughs> than that? <laughs> Did you at any point think that we were going to see a spa thing where we where we just had to go home and settle for two you know two laps of slow cars it did worry me because uh the f1 directors were getting some slack like from a lot of people being like why aren't we why aren't we getting these guys out there right now like why aren't we doing some stuff they were they were, they were being extra cautious yeah i mean you, i guess like during monaco there's no like ability to spin off but still i think it was damon hill who was just popping off on twitter like one tweet every 20 minutes yeah. being like back in the day bernie ecclestone you know like there was standing water and he would come in and be like hey we race in 10 minutes so it's like yeah dude like i guess uh different times to go through our sectors for this episode we have our good bad and ugly our race recaps, race haikus, followed by our race predictions recap. So, to start us off with the good, bad, and ugly. I would love to. So, I'm going to start us off. I bet you can't guess my good, because my good is Nicholas Latifi. So, quick pop quiz, Marco. How many times has Nick Latifi finished last in the race? In his career? No, this season. Oh, okay. Uh... None? None is correct. Uh, I did. So he... going to be a trick question. <laughs> uh, he hasn't finished last in a single race this season. Obviously, the one DNF. I was just looking at his race performance over the course of the season and was, specti- was expecting to see at least a couple of last mm-hmm. places, but not a single one, man. So He's really uh, – I mean, it took him a while to get, like, get behind the car, that Williams car, but I think he's starting to figure it out a little bit. Look at that. I mean, I wanted to talk to you about it, that I think it might be time to start backing our boy from Canada. I mean, who we don't have an American driver on the grid. And I think we start pulling him, hear me out, I think he deserves a, sh- a shot in the McLaren. Because <laughs> Williams and McLaren, in recent, not recent, but in history of F1, uh, some pretty successful names. Let me know if you recognize any of these guys. Uh, Juan Pablo Montoya, mm, nice. maybe? Maybe a Nigel Mansell, Ayrton Senna, Alan Prost. Maybe you've heard of these guys? A time or two, maybe. Uh, so, yeah, was very shocked to see that he hasn't finished a single race. I feel like every one of our race predictions, I'm always like, oh, man, I hope he doesn't use Latifi for like Yeah, dude, races. I know. That's yeah. a shoe in It's like, shit, I use mine. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. I, I'll transition from good to bad. My bad, I'm going to give a wag of the finger so I'll transition from my good to bad. My bad is Mercedes fans. So, boy, did we think the car troubles were done in Spain. Had me fooled. But, no, definitely continuing to struggle with that car. They said Monaco was bumpy to begin with. So I think, like, the porpoising could have been maybe a little bit, like, uh, what's the word? Like, made worse by that? Uh, but, yeah, continuing to struggle. Plus, the uh, one of the main talking points of the weekend, I think, was Fernando. Uh, messing up Lewis and everyone else's race behind him, I guess. Um, just going so slow. I think at one point he was four seconds behind uh, the the leader's lap pace. So um, I think like Mercedes Twitter, just like the rest of the season after we have a race, was absolutely ablaze. They wanted to scout Fernando, um, and yeah, it's uh, it's a bad bad time, bad year to be a Mercedes fan. Unless you're a George Russell fan, I guess, which he has been just dragging his nuts over Lewis's forehead. So good on him. 
Yeah, it's about time Luke got a little taste of his own medicine. I mean, he's just been doing that to Valtteri forever. And finally, he's, you know, he's going to taste it a little bit of himself, you know? Yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> I guess. But he turned Valtteri into such a sub that Valtteri's taking pictures with just his ass out, ready for, uh, ready for the given. Just, I mean, he's a different person. Just so carefree, <laughs> stress-free, good for him. All right. I'll probably cut that. Moving on to the ugly, uh, Daniel Ricardo. I'm positive that this is not the first time Danny's popped up in a bad or an ugly of mine this season, but we got Zach Brown talking poorly about his performance in the week preceding the race, wrecked his car in practice, which Monaco being all about confidence, like it really hurts if you, uh, you know, if you talk to a driver, like it, it hurts if you ram your car into the wall during practice or especially qualifying. He's got 11 points total. Three of those points have come from a sprint race. His teammate is making him just, you know, absolutely murking him at every opportunity. Just tough all around, man. And I think this is, I want to say the fourth time I've said it this season. But uh, this next race for Danny, he's really got to turn it around. Uh, We got Baku coming up here. Uh, I think, you know, I, I think if he doesn't get a podium in Baku, I think it's time to bring in Colton Herta. Dang, you think that they go with, I mean... American blood, just right there. I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah. Like, hey, Zach Brown and him, just, you know, we'll get that that American, yeah, that American bloodline right there, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah, bring in Colton Herta. Or Nick Latifi, up to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what are you making your mind? (laughs) (laughs) You want to see some real motherfucking racing? Yeah. Bring in Nick Latifi, put him in a McLaren. Screw it. Hey, Lando, sorry, you're out. We got Latifi and we got Colton Herta. (laughs) <laughs> the deadliest duo in Formula One. <laughs> and that'll do it for my good, bad, and ugly. That were uh, fantastic. Fantastic right there. Uh, going on to my good, bad, and ugly, I'm going to say good. It's going to be Sergio sticking around for Red Bull for another two years. Uh, one of my favorite drivers on the grid. I, I think he's probably made the biggest turnaround from like two years ago than any other driver I would say on the grid, wouldn't you think? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I mean, always showed promise. Like, he always did, like, relatively well with the racing point. Uh, then gets booted when Aston Martin comes in. Doesn't have a job. Doesn't have a team going into 2020. Then, like, Red Bull was just, our guys are not panning out. You have experience to throw you in there. And then, yeah, shit. Like, you look down, he's signing a two-year. He's winning Monaco in the same weekend. So, like, I, and becomes the winningest Mexican driver in Formula 1 history. So, like, huge four days for this guy and could not happen to a better person yeah mrs mrs checo had quite a wild night that she gave uh that she gave perez on the on saturday night well and he had a i think didn't he have a kid like three weeks ago or two weeks ago (laughs) there you go so i mean he's he's on a high right now everything coming up sergio yeah i don't know if you did you see when uh, I think he was seeing Christian for the first time after yeah. he won the race, <laughs> and he was like, "Maybe I should have signed later." And all the journalists on Twitter were like, "Wait, what? What do you <laughs> mean? <laughs> yeah, what do you mean? I sign what? Tell they us." They were talking to him at the post race as well, and they were like, "Hey, so what did you mean by those comments?" He's like, "Oh, uh, signing the champagne bottle." <laughs> Max just yeah. now laughing, <laughs> <laughs> just like you know, signing the champagne bottle like of we course. do every race. Every Don't race. Weird about you see it. how many Maxes has? Wow, it's crazy. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, that was a good, that was a fantastic, maybe a fantastic bet over here. Uh, my nice. bad is going to be Ferrari's race engineers. So, I think, obviously, behind Checo's win, this was the biggest story for me this weekend. 
feel like time and time again, the engineers have just been really, really bad about placement during quals, like, you know, when these guys should be going out on track. I think both Charles and Carlos have complained about this. Like, why are they so much worse at, like, this timing and the strategy than any, most of the other teams? Uh, it happened, I believe, Q1, 2, and 3 this weekend, where it's just like there was a spot where, like, hey, what are we doing here? And uh, they would get caught behind teams and things like that. Luckily, they have a strong... Luckily, they have a car strong enough that like it didn't negatively impact them for calls. But uh, during the races, when just stupidity came in, like having Charles yeah. come in, put a new set of tires on after running them for a couple laps, uh, they tried doing something similar with Carlos, and he just was like, "No, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna ignore what you guys, your suggestions. I'm staying out here." And I think that if he didn't stick to his gut, he would not have been a P2. I think if they list, if he listened to him similar to, to Charles, that he. Uh, He's maybe P3, maybe off, off the podium. So, I mean, yeah, I, they just had so much promise. Like, they looked so great. The car showed that I think they were the fastest car on the grid and went from a 1-2 to a 3-4. Or went from a 1-2 to a 2-4 in a Monaco race. It's, it's hard to see. Yeah, what's a, that's a bit of a, of a gut punch. I wonder the stats of people who got pole on Monaco that have, not, that have like started on pole and not ended up on the podium. Like in, in oh yeah, race, you know? I was like, saying they were saying like the stat of like pole winner to pole to actual race winner was a staggering percentage in Monaco already. So yeah, I mean just yeah. staying on on uh, on just sticking to the podium. Yeah, I mean it, it should have been way way a number that Charles would not want to see. Yeah, and he, boy was he mad on the radio, dude. Holy dude well shit. deserved. I mean, like I know he's not a guy that like. He doesn't lose it too much. He gets a little frustrated, but I mean, that was one of the worst, like, angry moments I've seen in any driver. Yeah, I mean, I like he. My second place of this weekend was like Lance Stroll, and he. Blew I was gonna up say his garage. It was Lance but, Stroll I mean, not making Q two. That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, but yeah, Charles was was just popping off at his garage. Like, what are you doing? Dude, he's like, stop. Really? stop! What the fuck are you doing? Oh God, dude, I felt for him. Poor guy, man. Being the radio guy that has to talk with the driver when he's going off, like what a tail between your legs! Like keep your head down. Like, uh, yeah, let's let's just keep racing. You're doing a good job. <laughs> yep. Uh, sorry, our bad. Um, here we go. Oh, we're gonna go to Intus. <laughs> Please don't be mad. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, yeah. So that was my bad. My ugly is gonna be kind of similar to your bad, but a little a little different slant. I was just gonna go with Olanzo being a poor teammate. Like Alonzo went with the I'm gonna go like you said as slow as possible, not actually race. It might have paid off for him. Like obviously his goal was to keep Lewis behind, and but I mean it just screwed over Ocon big, big time. Uh, after the race, they asked him about driving technique, how it frustrated Lewis, and he was like, I don't really care about his frustration. Uh, I, if I'm a reporter, obviously like that's probably a normal thing that you expect to see. My question would be, like you know, by doing so, your teammate got knocked out of the points because of your slow driving and you caused a huge backup where this guy couldn't make up five seconds of a five second penalty so i think that would have been a more fair question of him being like ah, oh, yeah i didn't really think about that or was like i'm looking for my points and my points alone yeah if you're gonna be cocky then don't just do it about like uh, somebody on another team do it about like your teammate be like oh yeah i like oh i you know it's not my problem if lewis is frustrated it's like okay well esteban lost out on points it's like it's more of my problem, but not my problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's like the team's problem, and I'm part of the team, but not my specific problem. <laughs> I care about Fernando. Yeah, exactly. I have more points than my 
I have more points than Esteban. That's all that matters. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, that does it for my good, bad, and ugly. Uh, let's move right along to our race recap. Starting along with claws and free practice. Uh, so, actually, like Q1, Q2, and Q3 all had pretty wild final laps. Like, the, especially for Q1 and Q2, they had like the, the lap or two before the actual checkered flag, like the, the elimination zone guys. I feel like it was nothing close to what actually happened in them. So those final laps were just like one of the more entertaining quals, I would say, surprisingly in Monaco, but like in this season in general, I thought like every one, I was kind of standing on the edge of my seat. Yeah, Monaco, I mean, Monaco, people talk all the time about how it's not the race, it's the qualifying, it's the excitement. And from that standpoint, it definitely delivered. Speaking a little bit more about the specific drivers, as we had mentioned, Lance Stroll had a hissy fit, making not making it into Q2. Seb trucks it out for Q3. So just showing, I guess, you know, at least one person is getting a little better feel for the new car. So, I mean, that's good. <laughs> I think on the radio when I was listening to his messages back and forth with his garage, he was like, okay, I'm on Strat 3. Like, Strat 3. I'm half a sec. I'm a ha- he goes, I'm half a second slower on Strat 3. Is that what you wanted? Did you want me to be slower than that? <laughs> I was like, god damn, dude. At least kind of cover up the fact that you're spoiled little daddy. Yeah, boy. Jesus, man. Yeah, I mean, like, what would it take for him to, for his dad to just be like, hey, one, if he sticks with the team, like, my son just sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to get to that point at some point, right? What a kick in the gut if you're Lance and Lawrence is like, hey, uh, you're hey, off sport. the team. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Hey, no. hey, pal. I put a good word in for you for Williams, though. So, see ya. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Williams, Nicholas Latifi's joining Aston Martin. So, there's a spot open for you, buddy. We're doing a flip, little, <laughs> little flip. <laughs> little flip, flop, flip. Yeah. Uh, and then moving on. And then talking a little bit about uh, Alpine, they look very quick in free practice and quals. I always thought that like the Alpine car was very quick in the straights. That was kind of like their thing, just like fat, flat line speed. They, so it was kind of a surprise to see how well they were doing in Monaco. Uh, just Monaco is not a um, Monaco does not have uh, long straights, so like not a trait in that respect. So uh, that was a good improvement point. And then obviously they did held their own, I guess, in uh, the, the race itself when they're actually trying to race. And then I, I would say the last important thing, uh, one of the last important things was Pierre just having a tough Saturday, not getting out of Q1 as well. Made up for it Sunday, but yeah, just got screwed with the Yuki's red flag. I don't know if you saw when the red flag hit and him he was finishing like that lap that would have pushed him into Q2, but I mean, it was like, a half a car length in front of him where they hit that, that red flag and it was just deleted. Sorry, see ya. So it was just unfortunate for him. But yeah, I thought he, you know, did very, we'll talk about it maybe a little bit uh, in the race or in the, in the race recap. But I mean, he was the first one to really, you know, change those tires up and he was just blind. He was just flying past guys. Yeah, it was weird to see like the TV coverage didn't show it, but you saw Pierre switch spots with the guy uh, ahead of him. It was like, wait, hold on. Like, <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. The overtake? Show us should the we, overtake. Should we catch this? Every overtake yeah. in this race? Yeah. Know. Shouldn't it be easy to catch all the overtakes that are going right. to happen? But guess not. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Let's move on from the pre-race talk points to uh, just the race review, starting with our top five teams. Fifth place, P5 in the Constructors Championship is Alfa Romeo. Valtteri Bottas qualified 12th, ended up P9. 
Uh, Guan Yu Zhou out early, P20, uh, ended up P16. So 41 points total for Alfa Romeo. Uh, speaking, uh, we were talking about Pierre making some overtakes. Uh, Zhou Guan Yu definitely gave it a shot and tried to send it up the inside. Uh, made one of the one of the sicker like oversteer recoveries that I've uh, that I've seen. Definitely in Monaco too. And he was a good sport about it after. He was like, I think I need to change my pants. <laughs> so uh, good to see a little bit of personality out of Joe. Uh, yeah, overall, I think a pretty boring race outside of the the Joe overtake attempt for Alfa Romeo. Valtteri sneaks away with two points. Kind of all you can ask for in a track like this. Uh, and then, yeah, they do have just one point above Alpine right now. They, you know, so they're, they're, that gap is definitely closing. I'm very interested to see just because of Monaco being a relatively slow track. Um, I want to see Baku as kind of the exact opposite. You know, Baku has one of the longest straights or does have the longest straight on the calendar. And so like, it's just going to be a different kind of, kind of race and we'll see how it matches up between the Alfa Romeos and the Alpines. Yeah, fun little P5 battle going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then moving on to McLaren, 18 points ahead of Alfa Romeo with 59 points. Danny Ricardo P14 to P13. Lando Norris, P5 to P6. Uh, Lando was kind of, I, I, you know, he was trailing George and trying to catch up to him uh, throughout the, the race. And then towards the end, you know, George started to, to pull away a little no one was behind him. I think he had like a 31-second gap, uh, decided to kind of pit plate safe on um, a new set of tires. So he was towards the back half of the race, you know, kind of in a, in a race of his own. So uh, I think fantastic finish, though. I think he would be per- relatively happy with the P6 uh, leaving Monaco. And then, as you said, on the other hand, old Danny Rick, I'm going to look at the positive. Lando went from okay. P5 to P6, Danny P14 to P13. So he's showing improvement in the actual race. Like Lando, oh. Lando dropped down. Like he had a bad qualms. He's like, I did better in the race. Lando said, I got P5 down to P6. So, I mean, if you're looking at it that way, Danny had a much better weekend. Yeah, good, <laughs> way better race. Than yeah, he moved up plus one than minus one. <laughs> I mean, huge. God, dude. I think that's so the only cool. positive spin I could possibly make for his tough weekend. I like seeing Lando qualify P5 and then. Danny and P14, dude. Like, that's, I don't know. All right, we already vented about McLaren. We don't need to do it again. Uh, 75 points ahead of our P4 team in the Constructors. We have Mercedes, 134 points in the Constructors. Lewis, called eighth, uh, ended up eighth. George went from P6 to P5, so he was the one that nicked Lando. Um, George's top five streak continues, which is awesome to see. It's gotten actually really wild at this point that he's like still been able to do that, even with Mercedes porpoising issues. Um, he's gotten a little bit of luck, but he's also just shown that he really deserves that seat with the former uh, fastest car on the grid. Lewis's shot at fighting Lando or George kind of ended with Fernando's tactics uh, of slowing down and going four seconds slower in the race, and still that's like what a what a beautiful way of showing evidence that we need to get rid of monaco is be like hey we had a guy that was that was like clocking around four seconds slower and still nobody could pass him uh like it's that sucks but you know what are you gonna do porpoising uh as far as mercedes goes porpoising was not fixed as we really thought we mentioned like uh we we thought was the case in barcelona 
Um, and then another fun little stat for you. Lewis Hamilton was the first driver in F1 history to switch his helmet mid-race. Do we know why that happened, by the way? Do we know why he felt the need? Was it just like a kind of like when you when you have like a uh, wardrobe change at a party? Like you go to the bathroom. You yeah, come out wearing exactly. Something completely different. Just so that people would be like, hey, what were you wearing that earlier? He's like, I got to like have people not looking at where I'm at on the grid, but actually <laughs> like my style and my yeah. style changes. I think it's spin zone, yeah. yeah. It'd be like the most stylish P8 on the grid. Hey, don't hey, look over here. Look over here at the style, not my <laughs> towards the bottom of the the points finish. Yeah, um, I don't know if you saw during the rain delay and everything. Uh, you know, very few, like we said, like Toto has been not in the news too much, but uh, he was just chatting around. He was just having a time talking to Russell Wilson and Sierra, just like up in the box. I thought he was maybe drinking. Uh, so yeah, I mean, he was just—I <laughs> think he was inter- like just enjoying his his little uh, race delay, like more than anyone else I saw on the grid. That's brilliant. If he was just like, "Hey guys, we're gonna be here for a while." I, I there's back. nothing I need to do right now. I'm just gonna yeah. talk talk to the talk to Mister Bronco and chill. <laughs> what am I gonna not drink and be a nerd? No, <laughs> you boys are gonna have a drink. Let's go. Let's fire it up. Moving along to our second place team, which 65 points ahead of Mercedes, is Ferrari with 199 points. Charles Leclerc, P1 to P4. Carlos Sainz, P2 to P2. Uh, so I think like probably the talking points that we want to cover with Ferrari are what we've been pretty much talking about for most of the time of this race. There's two big <laughs> things. There's Sergio and then this. Uh, like we said, Carlos disagreeing with team orders. Uh, and with the strategy, only probably the only reason we saw him on the podium. So um, I, I think those are just huge for him. Like like you said, we were worried about his crash streak and everything and his confidence. And so him for him to kind of go with his gut and it show it paid off. Uh, I think that was a that was a huge one for him. And then uh, talking on the other side of the garage, poor Charles Leclerc. Like there was, I don't think anything he could have done other than like done what Carlos did and was like, hey, this doesn't make sense. I'm not going to listen to what you have to say, which like, I don't know, like I, you don't see too many drivers, like what's, what's the best that you can come out of that? You know, like just taking that risk of being like, I'm going to defy orders. And if it doesn't work out, I look like a piece of shit. Yeah. It's not, it's probably not worth it. Like in, in the long term, Charles is probably better off. Like, you know, following team orders and being like, all right, well we fucked up, but you guys were the ones. Yeah. You guys fucked up. Yeah. Like I can't double fuck me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Double, double jeopardy kind of deal. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, just like obviously P4 and P2 is probably not something that going into the weekend they would be hating, but the way they got P4 and P2, they got to be sick to their stomach. I I mean, uh, is it Javi? How do you how, how do you pronounce a race engineer? Chavi. Chavi? Chavi. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah, Chavi needs to update his uh, his LinkedIn because I think he's got the, he's got to get out of there. Uh, it's just been like all year. I don't know. It just feels like they have the the car to be up with Red Bull. I just feel like the personnel and like kind of the this, the decision making has not been at par for them. Like that's yeah. where Red Bull kind of sticks ahead between the two, in my opinion. And I feel like that was very similar to Mercedes and Red Bull last year. There was a lot of moves that Mercedes was making, whether they were just like uh, copying Red Bull if Mercedes was in the head. If Mercedes was ahead, Red Bull would, you know, make a move and try to undercut. Mercedes would focus too much on this. I just feel like Red Bull has been outplaying their competition these last couple of years. 
Yeah, I mean, one of, obviously, like, Carlos lost out on, uh, I mean, Sergio overtook Carlos when Carlos was in the pits, uh, just because Carlos had, like, a slow uh, in-lap, but yeah, man, like, it's, you gotta be better than that, like, don't blow the opportunity, you haven't had a car that's worthy of fighting for a real championship um, in, you know, in, I guess, a couple years ago, kind of, but, like, realistically of, like, you know, what we saw at the beginning of the season was so much different than what we're seeing now in terms of like the separation of pace and and the strategy so yeah that's got to change man but yeah p2 and the constructors for ferrari good for them they got a 36 point gap to red bull so max verstappen qualifying p4 making it onto the podium on p3 sergio perez on p3 at the qualification and then ending up at the top of the podium in p1 first Mexican driver to win the Monaco Grand Prix. So Max's P1 streak ends. That was something that I thought about uh, right, <laughs> right, when, right when Sergio was ahead, but, uh, but Carlos was in between Sergio and Max. I was like, well, you can't pull team orders to make yeah, this streak yeah, keep going dude. now. So yeah, uh, I'm sure, I mean, you know, it's good that Checo, a Red Bull driver, ended up taking the P1. So I guess the, the stat changes from Max always ends up P1 when he finishes the race to Red Bull to to Red Bull always ends up P1 when Max finishes the race. Hey, so, still a streak, no. baby. Still a streak. We're still going. <laughs> we can spin it any way we want. <laughs> um, like you mentioned earlier, Checo is now the official winningest Mexican driver in F1 history. That's awesome. He was talking about Pedro Rodriguez. I'm very excited to find out who that is because I have no idea. Dude, old Pedro. Yeah, I had, yeah, dude. Oh, PR? You talking about P-Rod? <laughs> My boy. Yeah, but overall, I mean, the like you said, biggest difference between Red Bull and Ferrari this weekend. I think they were super close on pace, but uh, yeah, race engineers and strategy kind of fucked it for Ferrari, whereas Red Bull got it, I think, uh, as right as you possibly could, moving from P4 and P3 into uh, a P1 and P3. So yeah, good stuff. All right, fantastic. That does it for our race recap. Now let's go on to summing this race up with our race haikus. So um, I can go first here. Uh, oh, my okay. race haiku is going to be rain, rain, go away. Checo's going to win today. Zavi, better pray. Dude, that's, I mean, that's honorable mention for like best one of the season hey, so far, I think. Nice. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, the symbols are checking out. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. What do you mean? Too good. Never works out when I'm making the haiku. It never works out, and so I have to change a word. And I'm like, ah, it just doesn't doesn't it doesn't make sense now. Now it doesn't make sense. <laughs> uh, my haiku is glitz, glamour, galore. But why do we still race here? Ferrari pit blows. Nice. Oh, we didn't snap mine. I guess we're uh, Oh yeah. I mean, dude, yours was so good that it shocked everybody. <laughs> it yeah. shocked the system. <laughs> my body froze. <laughs> And as we wrap up our post-Monaco podcast, our PMP, as we like to call it, uh, let's talk about race predictions. I'm going to pass the mic over to you, Marco, because I won nothing. Again, I think three races in a row, me not picking up any points. Yeah, you either hit it hard or nothing at all. Yeah, just kind of swinging <laughs> I, for the fences. I think it has something to do with Max being my winner, driver of the day, and fastest lap. I think I probably could have hedged a little bit, but when it hits, baby, it hits <laughs> Do you know that feeling? It's like a parlay. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, mine, not much better. Uh, the only thing I hit was Sergio being the winner. So one point. Um, I think we could have agreed douche of the day was probably Fernando Alonso. Yeah, I don't know if any, of anybody else, really. I'm sure, it takes a lot of drivers off, including, like we said, his teammate. 
Yeah. There's a lot of people that don't like Alonzo. Imagine, like, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't give a fuck, but, like, Alonzo just walking the paddock being like, yep, I fucked up your race, and I fucked up your race, and bang, Just bang, doing bang. finger guns to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> finger guns, spin move, he crosses his leg and just spin move finger guns away from everybody. But he has to do it very slow motion, just like he was on the race. <laughs> yeah, just to add salt in the moves. <laughs> See ya, guys. <laughs> I fucked you up. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, All right, yeah. That so my big one point moves me up one point to nine to nine. We got it tied up. (laughs) Well, well said. My big one point moves me up to one one point point plus one. (laughs) (laughs) Tied at nine. Uh, At the end of May, we got a race. We got a race, ladies and gentlemen. So, man, can't wait to see how that develops. Uh, Any last words before we wrap this little bad boy up? I think that does it. Yeah, we'll see you guys so. next. We got a little break, I guess. Correct? Yeah, I think we do. Before ba- it's uh, it's a week off before Baku. Yeah. Anything else up to wrap up the podcast before we? Uh... No, nothing on my end. We'll see everyone in Baku. Not this weekend, but next. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. See you, assholes. See you, assholes. <laughs>